0: This is Ainsley McEachram and welcome to my ongoing podcast, Life After Sports. Let's get to it. alright everybody this is Ainsley again and I'm here today with Ryan Hale as part of my ongoing podcast Life After Sports. Ryan is a a sports psychologist that I work with occasionally sending some of my people to. Ryan thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Thanks for having me. All right, awesome so tell me a little bit about where you're coming from um, and what you do.
1: Well uh, I spent um, the better part of the last 20 years as, a, as an athletic trainer, working in sports medicine, working with teams, working with athletes, and uh, I'm still certified as an athletic trainer. I don't work as an athletic trainer uh, any longer, but um, one of the aspects that I realized right away that I enjoyed working with athletes, uh, the level that I ro- enjoyed working with athletes on, was um, the stuff going on in their lives, whether or not they're motivated to do their rehab, whether or not things are going on in their lives that, that are causing them stress uh, you know, off the field. Um, you know, sports performance issues, things like that, and so I, I gradually got more into sports psychology, um, took an interest in it, and started consulting with coaches, and then um, uh, received a counseling credential so that I can actually work with uh, some some actual mental health issues that some athletes might have. Um, <clears throat> the uh, the upside to having the background as an athletic trainer is a lot of times I can. Um, I can look and, and see what their training program is, and, and perhaps it's just a burnout issue or an overtraining issue, um, you know, and so I, I can I can at least look at, at what they're doing as far as their training goes and see if, if maybe that has uh, something to do with, um, you know, with what's going on with their situation, so uh, with that background, um, you know, I'm, I'm able to, you uh, uh, you know, just to look at what their training program is like and, and are, they, are they overdoing it or are they underdoing it. And, um, that's not my call, of course, if they're working with a private coach, but you know, it's nice to be able to consult with the coach on, you know, on, on you know, kind of what I think about their you know, uh, recovery from injury or what their training program is or something.
0: Alright, cool. So you have a unique perspective and some, some, you bring a skill set um, that gives you sort of the ability to look a little deeper. With the guys and girls so this podcast that i've been doing has to do with how athletes are handling their life after sports and we've talked to a few that had sort of what i like to call a planned exit and then we've talked to a few that they had it forced on them they didn't have a plan and it's been confusing for them they have identity issues things like this as a matter of fact you worked with somebody that i had i was working with that i sent your way so i wanted to get your perspective today on why is it so hard for some of them to make that transition? Um, You know, I think you and I talked earlier, I had said that one of my big struggles was I had gone from, uh, it was like going from 100 to zero. I was New City every week, you know, hanging out with world and Olympic and national champions and it's a really interesting lifestyle. And then you wake up on Monday morning and you've left the the sport, whatever it is, (coughs) and uh, you're like, hmm, I do now and for some people it's an identity crisis for me it was just I didn't know what else to do so uh, tell me a little bit um, why do the some of these athletes struggle so much with leaving behind their sport
1: well and I think also um, you know in the same vein that, that you were talking about how you know you're in a different city and you also mentally have to get up for your competition and, and it's just, it's harder to uh, wake up and be excited about going to your new accounting job or, you know, and so I, I've actually known athletes that have retired and, and went into law enforcement or something that uh, had a kind of level of excitement um, because, you know, not only do you have to get up, get up physically, you know, once a week or three times a week, but also mentally. Um, and so, you know, it, it would be hard uh, to, or would be difficult to um, get excited maybe about going to a job that's maybe... A, you know a little more mundane than you know uh, going 45 miles an hour with uh, somebody two inches away from your wheel um, you know so there's there's that, that aspect also
0: but something I joke about is uh, if you recall the movie the Shawshank Redemption um, one of the guys gets out of jail after many 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 years And he says, I don't know how to live in the outside world. And they called it being institutionalized. And I, I joke around about that with cyclists, or any athlete, really, where they've been entrenched in the sport for so long that when they get into the real world, they just don't know how to live in the real world. What are your thoughts on that?
1: When I worked in college football, each week we would get an itinerary. And it would be at least 100 pages thick. And every day was outlined, minute by minute. And, and 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 when I say minute by minute, you know, it, it would say at five seventeen the bus pulls up and we're gonna get on the bus. At five twenty three we're gonna depart the football complex. I mean it was it was down to the minute. And so you know you're talking about people whose lives have been managed. You know at least you know in that example of a team sport, In an individual sport it's maybe less managed. Um, however, you know most people coming up in an individual sport competed at the junior level and worked their way up. And you know where they spent summer vacation, where they spent Christmas vacation, where they spent spring break was all dictated by their sport. You know, and it also dictated that for their family as well. So their whole life has been has been um, dictated by their sport and what and whatever time of the year it is, um, you know, whether or not they went they anywhere for Thanksgiving, whether or not, you know, and so all that has been, has, has been structured for them. Uh, and now you wake up and, you know, you, you probably haven't had to, to ask the question, what should I do today? Because it usually involves some kind of recovery or some kind of training or some kind of, you know, dietary plan or, or something. There was always something that you were doing. Uh, your, your, your entire year was run uh, on this schedule. Of either recovery training, you know, diet, uh, whatever, and so um, you know, for team sports, it can be very, very uh, restrictive. But even as an individual, um, you know, it can be very restrictive as well.
0: All right. Well, uh, you know, on that note, I can recall, uh, and you touched on it. I mean, I would go my spring break. We would go to ride bikes someplace. All of our friends would be going to Cabo, Daytona. <laughs> to the beach, ski, yeah, what where, have you. Where's,
1: where's the best place to train?
0: Right, We go to inland air you know, Flatland, Arizona to go ride bikes or, yeah, so I, I get what you're saying. So tell me when you work, say you have an athlete that uh, approaches you and they're having trouble making this transition, or maybe it's an identity issue for them. Um, what are some strategies that you employ or that you ask them to employ to try and achieve some level of, shall we say, okayness with uh, the transition.
1: Well, retirement re- retirement struggles aren't unique to just sports, but they are unique in the sense that um, you know most people don't, like I said, have the have the the same um, you know restrictive schedule and the and the um, you know most most people who have retired. Um, their entire lives have not been wrapped up just in that in, in that sport. Maybe their lives are wrapped up in their job, you know, as a as a teacher or accountant or whatever. Um, but from from top to bottom, typically with athletes, they're. You know who their friends are, are who they hang out with, how, how late they, they hang out, or where they where they go um, to have fun, or you know, all of those things are pretty much dictated by their sport. Um, and so you know socially, their social circle is typically athletes, and and athletes are are, are um, oftentimes kind of have a short memory. Like I, I, I see a lot of people retire, and suddenly they're sort of like out of the circle all of a sudden, and so so that happens. You know, most accountants don't lose all their friends after they retire. Um, but it will happen with athletes sometimes. Some of, the, some of the strategies, probably one of the most, the, the biggest thing that I, that I find is helpful is I'll sit down with athletes and I'll say, okay, let's talk about you as a person. What are your best attributes as a person? Tell me, tell me what makes you you and what people admire about you. And, and um, you know, and so what, what, are your, what are your best attributes? And people usually say, like, honesty, integrity. I'm, I'm a dedicated friend. I'm a dedicated family member. You know, things like that. And then I say, okay, let's do the same thing with you as an athlete. What are your best attributes as an athlete? And they'll usually say, I'm a hard worker, I, you know, I'm a good teammate, You know, things like that. And then, and we'll even put it on paper or dry erase board and we'll say, okay, where's the overlap? And we'll look at the overlap and we'll say, okay, what what is keeping you from still being that person? So you, you're not on the same training schedule as you used to be. Maybe your social circle has changed a little bit. Um, your, your day-to-day routine has changed a little bit but what has changed about you know, the, best, the best things about you. Um, and, and typically that's, that's nothing. You know, can you still be a hard worker? Can you still be an honest person? Can you still be uh, a good friend and a family member? And, yeah, absolutely. And so sometimes people just haven't taken the time to, to look and say, okay, 've always I've always seen my value as an athlete uh, is, is it worth X amount of dollars is it worth you know what, what's it worth to a sponsor what's it worth to a team or whatever and and a lot of times they haven't taken the time to, to sit down and say okay what what is my real worth as a, as a person because this is even though it's a big part of who I who, who I was for a while it's not it's not all of who I am, you know, for my 100-year lifespan. And so that's usually very helpful because a lot of times people haven't taken the time to do that, and they haven't really considered, you know, I have, I have more things to offer than just a lead-out for my sprinter or, um, you, know, uh, you know, just, to, just to, to block on this pass play or, or what, you know, whatever sport they're from.
0: So I, I like that, and, and I can identify with that a little bit, um, with that a little bit, pardon me. One year when I was racing, um, I got tendonitis and I had to take a break from racing and then of course, as you would expect, the return is a little bit slow and it was like a social ostracism. And so that was something that ultimately was part of the decision making for me to leave my sport is, as you mentioned, athletes tend to have a short memory. But I also have a friend here that we're close friends and he made it as a cyclist, raced for a lot of the great U.S. pro teams. And he said to me one time, you know, Ainsley, I don't care if you ride five miles or five hundred miles. So he was speaking to the idea that, you know, your good friends have qualities beyond the sport. That that's what's important. So um, this individual had a unique perspective, but I can also comment on the other side.
1: Um, you know, it, it was strange in college football. There were there would be guys who, if they were injured. Um, guys wouldn't talk to them. It was, right. al- it was almost like they were afraid of catching tendonitis, you know, or they're afraid of contracting, um, you know, the the same bruise that somebody else had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it, it was it was almost like um, it was almost superstitious, you know. That their friend would go to the training room. And it's like, well, I, I can't go in there, you know, if you're going in there because I'm not hurt. And, um, I mean, they wanted to stay out of there at all costs, you know, as if as if they were going to catch tendonitis or something. Um,
0: yeah, interesting. Huh? <laughs> So, um, you work with, what types of athletes? You have them across the board. I've sent you some cyclists. Mm-hmm. Um, and then tell me about some other types. You, of course, you've mentioned team sports. What other types of athletes have you seen?
1: Well, you know, living and working here in the front range of Colorado, um, a lot of triathletes, a lot of cyclists. But I've also worked with you know, some elite level fencers. Um, I've, I've worked with uh, some folks on you know, uh, involved in team sports. Um, I've been working at a, at a small college most recently in the last few years and um, I've been working with a lot of, of team sports there and, and one of the things I find when I'm doing work with teams is I'm actually doing family therapy. Um, the, the, things that, the things I'm working on with that team are some of the same things that I do when I'm doing family work as a counselor. Um, and so it, it's, it, you know, Relationships and people getting along and working together aren't, aren't unique to just a softball team or something. But um, but I have been doing um, more teamwork the last few years, and um, you know sometimes it's, it's the individual, um, you know the individual cog in the machine, and sometimes it's the entire team. And usually with a team sport, it's hard to it's hard you know it's hard to have something affect one person and it doesn't affect the the whole system just just like the family system you know it's 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 impossible for for someone in a family to have an addiction or something and and it not have some kind of effect on the whole family system and so i um, so I've, I've been enjoying working with teams but um, for the most part like I said here in Colorado it's it's triathletes and cyclists and um, individual athletes
0: so across the board then when you're working we're talking individuals and I'm sorry uh, people in individual sports and then team sports is it, would it be reasonable to say you see some of the same underlying themes uh, when it comes to the uh, transition into normal life, leaving the sport? Would that be an accurate assessment?
1: Yeah, and a lot of times it, it uh, and you alluded to this uh, at the beginning, um, it has to do with sort of their mindset. Um, from the beginning you know some people decide they're going to to ring the chamois for all for all they can get out of it um, and as long as they can get a contract and as long as they can keep you know playing and even at the professional level you'll see you'll see people say okay I want to go out on top that's their mindset you know they, they decided that I want to go out you know uh, on my terms other people will say you know what if I can if I can be a backup quarterback for some team or whatever I'm, I'm gonna keep doing that um, you know, and, and again, sometimes it's forced on people. They a contract just never comes up, um, or or they get an injury and and that's it. Um, and so it there's there's a lot of different perspectives. I think you know, for, for some people it's thrust upon them, and for other people they've given it some thought. You know, for for a lot of athletes, um, you know like you said they've seen the writing on the wall and they can they can realize within a couple of years okay I'm, I'm gonna have to line something else up i'm gonna have to you know start working on 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 something else um you know a lot of times you don't see that with the stars a lot of times you'll see that with with the uh, kind of the minimum wage folks you know there, there's a, there's an epidemic of of professional athletes now going broke within a couple of years of retirement and they made tens of millions of dollars during their their playing years you didn't used to see that when guys were were ten thousandaires <laughs> you know, playing football when, when when people made you know eighty thousand dollars playing football, or when people made hundred thousand dollars playing football, um, it wasn't that big. A, it wasn't that big a transition. It, you know, Major League Baseball players used to have to have jobs in the off season.